0: Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it, and follow me on Instagram at ShallonXO, and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalligators. Well, you know, I'm filming this right ahead of Election Day, and I, as I'm recording this, don't know, obviously, how things are going to turn out, but I know that by the time you're listening to this, some things have happened, and no matter which side you're on, they're probably stressful things. This whole country is stressing us out right now. Right now you're not an American listener, oh, you're so lucky. We are in a world of hurt right now in America. It just because we just don't have any sense of stability, you know, between the pandemic and the economy and the environment and politics and people being so divided. So this week's meditation theme is do not disturb. Do not disturb. It is very easy for women like us, smart women, strong women, empathetic women, pack builders, listeners, healers, lovers, fighters, biters, to try to get involved in everything, whether that's on the micro and we want to fix our friend who's dating this fuckboy and what's wrong with him, to the macro and just working ourselves into a lather in terms of politics. And it's very, very important that chiefly among this, we protect our peace. If we're not at peace, if we're not focused, if we're not resting, if we're not getting our mind in a quiet place, we're not actually accomplishing anything. The advice we're giving to our friends comes out as screechy and manic and very aggressive. And how we interact with people in the world, if we're trying to change their mind or trying to find some sort of peace and stability in politics, it doesn't really come out that way either. And, you know, I have grown up ultra, ultra political, just I remember when Bush won against John Kerry, I was so stressed my back went out. I couldn't go to work for a week. I was just like, maybe I was in high school, so I don't know. What, whatever it was, I was wrecked. And I've had to disconnect from that because it's just, it erodes literally my body. Like your mind creates your body. So if you're spun up about whatever is going on, and this is, this is not capitulation, this is, you know what, I don't care. I don't. Want, I don't care what happens. Of course you care. But you have to protect your peace in order to be the most effective weapon. I like weapons. I mean like literal weapons, like guns and stuff. And I know a lot about guns. And <clears throat> keeping your gun dry and clean and well-oiled and operational is the key to using it safely. And I don't like shoot things. I shoot like paper targets. I don't, I would never kill an animal. No. But I know a lot about like gun maintenance and gun safety. Why am I bringing this up? Because we are a weapon. And if we are not cleaned and oiled and kept dry and in a safe place and in a healthy environment handled the way we need to be handled, we're going to go off and we're going to hurt somebody. So we need to put our peace of mind chief among everything, right? And sometimes that means telling friend, Hey, you know what? I understand you're really stressed about this. I can't talk about the election. Hey mom and dad, you know what? We differ on politics. Let's just change the subject. That doesn't mean that you're being a wuss and opting out and you don't care that means you're putting your peace first and truly to have that as our motto it is for ourselves and not necessarily only for other people because people are going to like talk at you the way you want the way they want to and they're going to try to impose their opinion as we have done i mean we've been on the other side of that and acted like that for sure when we feel strongly about something or when we're not at a place of peace but we need to get the toolbox to say you know what I have to opt out of this conversation. I love you. I can't talk about this. We'll have to agree to disagree. That I'm glad that you care so much and I'm glad that you're involved, but I've had to take a different course to protect myself. I'm voting. I'm writing my center. I'm doing all of those things if I need to, but I'm also knowing when to pull back and protect myself so that I can be the most effective person in the world, right? So let's take our deep breath. Oh, I bet we could all use it. A nice deep breath, a relaxation of the shoulders. Even when I relax, I like roll my shoulders back like and kind of flap my elbows like I'm shrugging off a jacket. And when I do this, I picture that jacket being embroidered with all of my problems. Guy who's annoying me, friend who's annoying me, work that's annoying me, traffic going to Target, my dog that just chewed up my only pair of heels, literally my only black pair of heels. And I'm about to go on vacation. They were a crucial part of the wardrobe. He couldn't chew up any other shoe. No, he had to, anyway, that's embroidered on the jacket too. And I picture myself just shrugging it off and I hear it hit the floor and it's heavy. And I feel this lightness. I envision this lightness on my shoulders. And I almost like give myself a little shake, like I'm a little lamb shaking my fanny, and wiggling my tail, like I'm a duck shaking off some water. And I'm breathing in through my nose do not disturb one more time in through the nose and out through the mouth so we're going to address some questions and some stuff that has been posted on the shalligator reddit thread One was from a week or two ago about a vacation situation. But we're also going to talk a little bit about Evil Week. Now, if you guys didn't get to catch up on Evil Week, feel free to head on over to Infstream. All the videos are on there. Well, we did two on YouTube and then we moved them all over to Infstream because it's an uncensored ad-free platform that... YouTube will demonetize stuff if we talk about it and it's too evil. Well, fine, screw you guys. So we covered seven videos, seven days on the seven deadly sins, plus two bonus episodes. We did one on how to be an effective homewrecker and how to make your enemies afraid of you. But let's talk a little bit more about enemies because one of you guys posted this on the Reddit thread. And if you guys haven't headed over to the uh, Shalligator Reddit thread, highly encourage you to do that. It's a really, really fun, positive place for everybody to collaborate. It, it, Like you guys share things with each other. You share your accomplishments, your fears. It's just a wonderful little community. It's a wonderful community. Okay. Okay. So this was titled, Evil Week, How to Spy on Your Enemies. Hello, ladies! So I've been watching Shallon's Art of War, Machiavelli, and Art of Revenge videos a lot recently, and she always emphasizes the importance of laying low and gathering information on your enemies and inventory. What are the most effective ways to gather information on your enemy without being found out? I'm in a situation where this girl is messing with my reputation. I need to learn about her so I can succeed in destroying her, but I don't want anyone to know what I'm up to. I think the best way would be to befriend her friends and manipulate them into sharing personal information. But I would like to hear other strategies too. BTW Shallon, if you're seeing this, I would sell my soul for a video on this topic. Girl, you keep your soul. You ain't got to sell it. I'll do it anyway. I think that this is an excellent question because yes, I always emphasize knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. And it's, very tempting when we're trying to get back at someone or neutralize an enemy to just strike and lash out immediately lash out immediately but when we do that it is very rarely our most effective self you know we're speaking out of anger and frustration and passion and we're just blinded by emotion and therefore our strategy isn't super solid and very rarely do we even have a strategy at all we don't have a lot of foresight we're just lashing out and that's what our enemy wants you know they are trying to bait us into a fight and so war is strategy and we have to draw that enemy as close to us as possible see the whites of their eyes before we strike and that manifests as learning about them as much as we can but i've been thinking about this question and i realized (laughs) you probably have all the information that you need first of all we live in 2020 And there are jillions of ways people are disseminating information from what they post on Instagram to Snapchat, TikTok, Facebook. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. We are in a data boom in terms of gathering data about other people. I guarantee you, this bitch has shown her colors in everything she's ever posted. I mean, post her like Instagram, you know? Well, no, that's harassing her. I don't care. Anyway, if you go to her page, try to look at it as neutrally as possible. Just be like, I, so pretend you're me. Okay. Shaon's looking at this chick's page. Shalon's looking at this chick's page. What, what kind of person does she seem like? Well, what is she posting? Does she post only selfies? Is it only pictures of herself? That tells me She only thinks about herself. She's a pretty one-dimensional person. And people like that, they might seem confident they are the most insecure people on fucking planet Earth, okay? Because first of all, they have no diversity in their life, doesn't seem like they have any friends. How could they have deep and relevant friendships if they're that narcissistic, right? And sometimes narcissists or people who present as a narcissist, who seem like they are, seem very confident. And so, you know, a lot of narcissists are. They truly believe the world revolves around them. But a lot of times, this is just adolescent posturing. And I, as an adult with, you know, and I'm objective looking at these people, I can tell the difference almost instantaneously. It is the most obvious thing in the world. If she's trying to, like, copy the Kylie Jenner poses and the caption, if she's trying to be someone else, <laughs> oh my God, oh, what a loser. Like, what a fragile loser. So if that's the case, for example... She has a very fragile ego. She can't take take attacks against herself. And if she's trying so hard to be special, that's because someone in her life tells her that she's not. And if she's coming against you, a shalligator, I can I can back that up. She's not special. She's an idiot because you don't deserve that. And I'm team you and I'm not team her. So she can go fuck herself. So you want to hone in on that. Okay. She She wants to be special. She wants to be relevant. You have to let her know that she's not. Right. And sometimes that means ignoring somebody because that truly is the most hurtful thing to them. Sometimes it doesn't. Another huge way to gather data on your enemies is to see how they insult you. Oprah said this, it might've been Maya Angelou, which might've been Nelson Mandela, which might've been Jesus. I'm not sure of the origins. Someone very wise said the things you hate in others are the things you hate in yourself. And this is the truest thing in the world. So if this chick has called you fat, she thinks she's fat. And to her, that is a doomsday. She thinks that that's the worst possible thing someone could be, so if she's calling you a slut, that means either boys have no interest in her whatsoever, or boys do have an interest in her and you are suddenly coming up as competition. Right. So hone in on that, flip their insults around and gain knowledge from that. That's why I I'll let people like talk and talk and talk. I'll they'll talk themselves into a grave and I'll just give them enough rope to hang themselves because the more they talk, the more they reveal themselves about what they're truly afraid of. So that's an excellent and easy way to get data. I would not befriend her friends. I would not do that. First of all, data is a two way street right? If you're trying to gain information about her, you are inherently giving information about yourself because otherwise you're not forming a friendship. And they're going to catch on real quick. Wait, Caitlin's only befriending me to pump me for info about Hannah. So this is weird. And now you're going to look insane, right? And you're going to look way too invested in this. You're going to look like you care, which you don't want to do. You don't want to do because you don't. Ultimately, you don't. This is just some dumb bitch coming against you. And if you are playing it really cool, you're going to have to give some info up about yourself. And those are just bullets for this bitch's gun. And you don't want that. Use social media against her. Like she's people, human beings, one of their main driving needs is to communicate and be understood and be heard. Right. And we talk about this in the ways of seduction, like the key to seducing someone. What's your shadow self? What's your deepest fear? How can I mirror that back to you? How can I use that to my advantage? So people, by and large, are not very, they're not very conciliatory about how they feel. They are very upfront. If you know how to look and observe, people are always trying to communicate who they are, how they feel, what they want, and what they're afraid of. It's just a matter of stepping back and looking at them and listening as dispassionately as humanly possible right and if you can't do that which hey I get like if someone's coming against you and you're gassed up and you are just in a rage about it have your friends do it a friend maybe you haven't talked to in a few weeks be like hey this is a really weird favor but can you just look at this person's Instagram and tell me tell me what you think build me a profile make me a police sketch of this person's emotion their psychology you know who are they what do you think they're afraid of What do you think their driving motivation is? You know? And maybe it's gonna be someone older, maybe it's gonna be your aunt, maybe it's gonna be your friend who's a psych major. But somebody out there is gonna be able to give you some data points about this person without you ever having to poke your little head up from the tall grass where we lie in wait for our enemies and reveal your position. War is strategy. And the most effective wars involve sneak attacks. So don't get in this girl's orbit, don't give up anything about yourself. Take the data you have, formulate a plan, strike once, strike hard, and then keep it moving. So this is a question that appeared on the Reddit thread and also uh, quotes by Shallon, a fan account. Hi, Nicole. Posted it on her Insta and you guys weighed in on it, but I wanted to address it too. So this little shalligator said, so I have been seeing a guy for a few months and he's basically gone on vacation and barely messaged me. He hasn't come back yet. And I'm sure we're going to resume talking when he does come back, but he is definitely posting on Snapchat and on Instagram, but he's not really messaging me. And when he does, they're just very like quick little messages, like nothing huge. I, I just don't know what's going on. Is he forgetting about me? Is he ghosting me? Am I being overreactive? What? So for the most part, you guys were like, dump him. And a few of you were like, you know what? Don't be so clingy. He's on vacation. He's allowed to have a life outside of you. And you know what? Both these things are true. As happens so many times in love and dating, both things can be true. It's like, wait a minute. He likes me, but he doesn't want to be together? Yes, girl. Guys can like you just a little bit, and it's, it sucks. It sucks so bad. So I travel a lot, right? A lot. Well, not covid now, but... Historically, I have traveled a ton and I find that I talk to the people I'm dating more when I travel because here's what happens when you travel, right? You're either doing something really cool or you really hate it. And in most cases, you want to share. The one thing you're probably not doing when you're traveling is being bored. And when I'm bored, when I've done nothing all day, I don't really, like, talk to the guys I'm dating or something because it's like, I don't have anything to say. But when I've been out and about and doing things, yes, I'm busy, but I, I mean, you know I'm an overshare. This is who I am. I love to communicate. I want to tell someone, oh my God, I just climbed the Great Wall of China and I saw an elephant and I ate a pineapple and blah, blah, blah. Like, I want to tell them everything that's going on. I want to send them pictures. I want to keep them updated. Because usually, I miss them. I miss them, right? And either this guy is doing something very exciting, he's on safari, whatever, or he's doing something chill, he's by the beach. In both cases, if you're doing something chill, you have time to communicate. And if you're doing something exciting, you have something to communicate about. And you know what? It just kind of goes back to that old saying, if it's important, you'll find a way. And if it's not, you'll find an excuse man doesn't dating always come down to this doesn't dating come down to this uh no i can't we can't like go to dinner because i've got um i've got this like paper due in four months so yeah i just i can't come on guys come on my boyfriend now has really like punctuated this sentiment he broke his hand really bad he's like incredibly bad we were out riding horses there was a stampede it was a whole disaster he was in the hospital and like all he could do was be like thank you so much I'm so glad you're here you're so beautiful I like you so much I took him home after like surgery put him into bed and he's like thank you for a great day as always he had had surgery and he was thanking me for a great day (laughs) you know because I was a priority and he wanted me to know that I was special, that I was meaningful to him, even in a time of incredible stress and what could have been incredible, justifiable selfishness. He didn't do that. So if he, if my boyfriend, if Vince can do that when he's, when his arm is literally like being kept together just by skin, whoa, I was horrified, this dude can text you on vacation. And if he's not, it's because it's out of sight, out of mind. My first question with this was, who is he on vacation with? Hmm. Because if he's on vacation with his bros, if he's with guys who are giving him a hard time for having a girlfriend, those are not guys he should be around. Oh, you gotta go text your girlfriend. What are you, eleven? His girlfriend. Like you grow up, you're supposed to fall in love, date people. This is not weird and normal. It's it's weird if you think it's weird. That's very very immature. And it speaks to this boyfriend's obvious immaturity because I-, I talk to you guys like you little lambs who are in high school, and I just feel I I remember it. I remember it so clearly, and it's so awful to be in high school and try to date because you are like mature and ready for a relationship, and you're like okay, like I've got the skills and I'm ready, and guys are like hurt the door. Yeah. I ate a firecracker. I mean, they're just single cell protozoas of like normal men. And they're very, very beholden to their social circle. So if they're in a group of guys who are like, you're a dork for having a girlfriend, then that is the edict. That is the law and the motto. And they're not going to buck that trend. In adolescence, social relationships are at their peak. We talked about this in the Evil Week about lying. This is when lying peaks, right? So... The reason I say this is because he is not going to buck the social trend. And so if your boyfriend is around guys who is, that's their vibe, he's not going to go against that if he's still very immature, if emotionally he's still kind of a teenager. But is he on vacation with guys? I don't know. Like I said, this is my first question. Is he with some chick? (laughs) I someone who not just cheated on me he went to Africa with another woman Africa you probably heard me say that before and you know what I'll be talking about it probably until the day I die because it's never going to get any less horrific it just won't and you know what guys he still texted me 24-7. I got on the phone with the girl like months, months, a year after, because that's when it came to light. And she was like, she had no idea that I even existed, you know, and I felt sorry for her. And I felt much sorrier for me. though. <laughs> and She's like, I just, I was always like, who the fuck are you texting? Who are you texting? It, we're in Africa. Who's awake right now? Who are you, were you texting your friends? You're not texting your parents this much. I was like, no, he was texting me. He was texting his girlfriend. His girlfriend of years. Mm-hmm. So why do I bring this up? Even if they are cheating, they can still text you. A slick cheater will. He will still text you. Like he, My boyfriend didn't ghost me for two weeks in Africa. I would have been like, where the fuck have you been? But he would have come home to find the crotches cut out of all of his pants. We got there eventually. Don't you worry. But... He was smart enough to keep me on the hook. So if this guy isn't doing that, either he doesn't care. You know, I mean, the simplest answer is usually the right one. He's not talking to you because he doesn't want to talk to you. He doesn't care. That coupled with he has no doubt that you are going to be waiting with open arms when he gets back. Oh, hey, have I not spoken to you in a week, 10 days, two weeks? Oh, that's fine. Hi, do you want some soup? Maybe a blowjob? We teach people how to treat us, don't we? And maybe he's done this in micro doses before he's gone out with his friends, didn't check in, didn't text you until 24 hours later when you finally texted him. Maybe this is sort of a pattern, but it's just magnified now with the intensity and you're seeing it. But I also agree with the other girls who are like, get a life, (laughs) like, don't be clingy. Look, of course, of course that's important. But it isn't one or the other. It's not... My boyfriend respects me and communicates with me, or I have a life and I'm running for Congress and blah, 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 and I have no time for him. A Healthy relationship is both. Yes, of course you have a life. You're going out and doing things with your friends, but it's ridiculous to think it wouldn't bother you that the person you've been dating and sleeping with for months is like acting like they're orbiting Jupiter. So it's about balance. And we talked about this, you know, a few minutes ago in the in this question and rant really about parenthood is it's about a lack of extremity it's about self awareness and a lack of extremity moderation the middle path the mean so look at this guy and say hey is this an outlier behavior is he always just Johnny on the spot and really following through and communicating with me if so Sit him down and be like, I don't appreciate that you're posting on Snapchat. Don't so you can't tell me that your phone is like nowhere near you because some people do like to travel like that and that's fine if you just want to unplug. But you're not unplugged, so I was a lower priority than the riffraff on the internet, and that's not acceptable. And then look at whether or not that sentiment has come up more than once. Look at the feeling that's underneath what you're talking about, because this is a topic you want to focus on the issue. What is the feeling this gives you? And where else in your relationship have you felt this feeling? And is it part of a larger pattern? If it is, dump them. Patterns don't just evaporate. And from what I've observed, they're not ultra fixable. I mean, you can address them, and hopefully they get better. Because when people are young, truly, they aren't aware of some of their most idiot behavior. But if you have addressed it, and if you do address it, and nothing changes, girl, walk on by.